are uh, uh, really heart-connected with this uh, community, and I have long admired this ministry and delighted I can be here uh, today. Now, as you already know, <clears throat> I know your pastor and his wife very well, but I not only know them, I love them. Now, that's, of course, required in the Bible, but I actually like them on top of all of that. Uh, Matt and Rachel devoted to the Lord. They're devoted to each other. They're devoted to the kingdom of Christ. They are devoted to uh, Kingsway Christian Church. They set the standard. They are the real deal. Now, there's a couple that uh, brought me great delight. Thank God every time I remember them. By the way, that's in the Bible. There's this interesting line. You can use it in your blessing notes sometimes. I thank my God every time I remember you. Isn't that a great line? And when I think of this prayer, I thank God. They uh, always make me smile. I think of Matt. He always makes me laugh. Uh, uh, when you want to hear Matt's story, I, I got so many not all suitable for public occasions. But um, <laughs> so Matt was on staff for years, you know, and, and then he, he transitioned to another role, and we brought him into the main office suite. You know, big deal. A beautiful office suite. It's all designed a certain way, and colors and all that kind of stuff. And then Matt arrived and uh, walk in one morning. His office has been redecorated. It's painted orange, not orange and blue for the Broncos, orange and brown for the Cleveland Browns. The administrator walks in, sees that. Oh, my. Uh, he motivated Matt very quickly to repaint his office at his own expense. Now, that just, well, you know, Matt, uh, interesting guy. He always came up with some interesting ideas, uh, very creative. You never knew what he was going to do, uh, uh, do next. And some of it was very, very good. And then other things you think, what was he thinking? Uh, now, I have never had a question, ever, ever had cause to, to question Matt's integrity. I questioned his sanity many, many times. <laughs> but not his integrity. Now, let me tell you why. Matt and Rachel are one of the most generous couples I know. And trust me when I say that's not always the case of Christian leaders. Now, in my role, I didn't know what individuals gave unless it somehow came out and some, they told me or whatever, but I didn't know. And we were in the midst of one of our many capital campaigns, and uh, one of our administrators came and said, you know, uh, this can't be said of uh, all our staff, even most of our staff, but Matt and Rachel, you're one of the most generous couples in the church. I said, what? Now, Matt, associate pastor, his wife teaching preschool somewhere, and they weren't noted this high income, drove a junk of a car. <laughs> and uh, it's not only a junk, it's ugly. Uh, and, uh, and I didn't expect this. I just didn't expect it. Uh, what, a, what a quality guy. And by the way, you owe me a lot because I, I didn't kill Matt. Uh, I would... <laughs> I had grand plans for Matt, you know. I had, it's not my idea that he leave us and come here. Uh, I ain't against you guys, but, oh, man, what are you thinking? Uh, but we blessed him in, in that, and I am just so proud of him. And I, I want you to know, this guy, his sweet wife, Rachel, this is a couple, you, you can trust their character. Now, that's kind of important. Oh, yeah. And the key, I think, to character it is, is generosity. I believe that generosity is the key to your character. It's the key to your legacy. 
I believe it is the key to, to your delight in life. Now, imagine that you had delight in life. Maybe you're not there right now. Uh, even financially, let's say you were living with financial peace. Some of you are, many, many, I'm sure, but not everybody yet. Imagine living with confidence that you would always have everything you needed for life and godliness according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And that actually applied to you. No matter what's going on in the economy in general, if you ever watch the stock market, some days are not so good, right? Uh, no matter what's going on with the economy or your personal assets, you just knew it's going to be okay. In fact, it is okay. More than that, it's better than okay because God is with you. Now, nobody knows what's going to happen next. That's why we're called to live by faith and not by sight. Life is a never-ending series of unexpected happenings and life-clarifying experiences. For example, 10 years ago or so, there was a brazen burglary in our neighborhood. A family near us was um, vacationing in Italy. And while they were gone, their house was burglarized. Now, there were a lot of construction going on at the time, so there's a lot of activity in the community, a lot of coming and going of vehicles and so on. And what happened, it shocked everybody, in addition to the fact that it was burglarized, it happened repeatedly over several days in broad daylight. Now, what's really amazing is that break-in wasn't discovered until everything of value had been taken out of the house. As our friends later told us, the thieves took half of our things, and it was the good half. <laughs> oh. All right, it's not that long ago, a couple hours or so, that you left your, your place. Imagine that you lost half of your stuff. You go back home, some of you get a little nervous right now, and half your stuff is gone. And it's the good half. Now, truth be told, most of us get along quite well with only half of our stuff. <laughs> but that doesn't keep us from adding to our stuff. Well, today we're going to be talking about the theme of wisdom again. And we're on the topic today, uh, which happened to fall. Uh, you know, Matt had lined out some topics. Uh, and, uh, and then I told him what weekend I could come. And kaboom, I get blessed with this one. And it just happens to be one of my favorite themes. A topic that... Uh, I love talking about this, and I know you're going to be interested in. I know that. But first, I need some help. I just came off an exciting experience in the chapel. And, oh boy, if it, was, it was really something. And I can hardly wait to see what's going to happen here. Now, there's a little risk, and i got to admit, I'm just a little like, how's this going to go? But you're going to help me out because I'm the guest guy, right? And you're all feeling sorry for me. Like, oh, poor Alan. Can you say that? Thank you. All right. All right, so this is what I'm going to do. I need an illustration, and I, uh, a tangible one. And I, I want to begin with a $100 bill. doesn't have to be freshly printed, but... Uh, I, I, I really would like to see at least one $100 bill. Now, here's how this works. And maybe some of you, I'd like, well, I can help out, but not that. All right, here's how this is going to go. I'm going to give you 20 seconds. I'm going to ask you to ask somebody around you if they've got 
100 bucks or whatever they, like, that they'd be willing to give for an illustration they won't get back. <laughs> I'm serious. You got 20 seconds, go. Okay, let's see. Okay, how many we got? Okay, we got hundreds, we got fifties. What do we got? Okay, somebody stand up, please. Would you come bring it up? Come on, quick, quickly, quick, go. Hurt. Balcony people, balcony people, anybody? Okay, you're kidding me. This is it? All right, is there, what else we got here? Okay. Yeah, that's close enough. Okay, um, I, okay, all right. Okay, come on, hey, hurry. This is, there is a time limit here, guys. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Okay, he's coming from the balcony. Okay, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, did I tell you this went great in the chapel? Okay, you are not helping me. Okay, is there anybody who has some cash they're willing to give? We got to ask somebody for an illustration they won't get back. Okay? I, but the enthusiasm here is underwhelming. Okay, uh, I hear some more. Okay. All right. Ooh, good, 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 good. Good, 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 good. Okay, okay. Anything else? All right. Here we go. Anybody else in the balcony? Now's the time. Boogie. Okay. Thank you. There's some more. I, you know, I've been married a long time. I've learned patience, guys. I, uh, <laughs> all right. Okay. Thank you. This is, okay. That's good. Okay. Got some more coming here. All right, we're going to close this down just a moment here. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now, thank you very much. That's it. Now let's stand for the benediction. And uh, (laughs) just kidding. Okay. All right, now I need some help. Would you mind coming here for a second? All right, somebody over here. Come over for a second. Just get volunteer out the front row. Here you go. All right, all right, all right. Take that. You guys sit down, please count it. All right, and tell somebody near you. Okay, would you come over here, please? All right, and um, oops, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you there. Okay, quickly count that. Remember the amount, okay, and then accountability's sake, would you bring it up here and set it right down here, okay? And then um, we'll see what happens if you don't leave early. (laughs) All right. So when you get that counted, bring it to the front, set it there. Now, we're on this theme of generosity, and I love, love, love talking about this. So here's I'd summarize the message in case you zone out on me. The things that matter most aren't things. Therefore, the key to blessing is not getting more, but trusting more and giving more. Now, we all have a lot of things. Most of us enjoy most of the things we have. It's just that we like to have a few more things. I'm thinking about taking up fly fishing. In fact, I'm going to go on a fly fishing trip here in a couple months. And I'm thinking about getting some equipment. I think it's going to cost more than $7. So some of you can tell me about that. But I think it, I mean, this could be kind of expensive. In addition to the 
bandages and everything else I'm going to need for whatever I do to the people near me. Uh, I, I, I like to have some decent uh, equipment. Now, I got lots of stuff. I got lots of stuff. But I'd still like to have some more stuff. The problem comes, it's not wrong to have some things. The problem comes when we can't bear the thought of ever losing our things or giving away any of our things. So let me give you a few foundational uh, passages from the Bible. Most of this is going to be familiar. Uh, Proverbs 3, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. And then you'll fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. I was reading that passage this morning, the text, all of Proverbs 3. It's very interesting how it talks about then the Lord will be your confidence and you won't be caught in any snare. And I'm thinking, yeah, living without And a microphone that stays <laughs> synced up with that battery will last for All right. Malachi says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in the temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven for you. And I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Put me to the test. You ever done that? And Jesus said, it's more blessed to what? You heard about this. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible talks a lot about money and material things. Jesus frequently uses money as an illustration, and he talks about money as a blessing. So, what if, just asking, what if the key to blessing is not getting more, but trusting more and giving more? I found this very interesting article in Money Magazine. It was on the topic of uh, how to cut financial stress. And what surprised me, I was intrigued, that one of the things that the author noted is that writing a check was among the top three most important things that you can do. Now, this comes out of a study done at the University of British Columbia, and they noted that even when students donated cash to other players in a simple game, that it decreased the level of the stress hormone hormone cortisol. My doctor one time said to me, Alan, I am very concerned about your stress level. Cortisol is a killer. You've got to do something about your stress level. That's when we sent Matt to you. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. You know, what, you know what my doctor did not say? You, Alan, one of the best things you can do to lower your stress level is to write a check, give some more money. Now, when we do that, the psychologists say that it also um, helps restore or validate a positive self-image. I remember a single mom who started tithing, and she said the most amazing thing. She said, I love tithing because it makes me feel so rich. Wow. Now, I don't think Jesus was first concerned about our positive self-image, <laughs> but he was concerned about partnering with him in a positive purpose. Oh, yeah, he was. Now, that purpose is to honor God by partnering with God because we're never more like God than when we give. Giving is vital to a growing love relationship with God, a growing trust in God. Giving is at the core of trusting God. Trusting God it is linked to enjoying greater blessing from God. Now, here's the passage that I wanted to give special attention to today. Just a brief paragraph. You know the story probably from Luke chapter 21. So here's how it goes. 
As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. Now get this. Jesus is there watching the offering. Has it ever occurred to you that Jesus watches the offering? Hmm. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Well, this is interesting. Truly, I tell you, said, this poor widow, she's put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Check that out. Wow, he said. Probably. <laughs> My sister's pastor, Greg Surratt, noted that Jesus is taking notes on your generosity. Now, question, do you keep good notes on your own generosity? Do you keep good financial records? When our kids were growing up, we taught them the 10-10-80 plan. If, has Matt taught you guys this? 10-10-80 plan, way cool. How you teach children um, how to manage finances. Most kids that get no instruction. They get no instruction in school, and they end up with $100,000 of student loan debt later or whatever. This is how it works, the 10-10-80 plan. You give at least 10%, you save at least 10%, and then to get rest, you, you manage carefully as a trust. Now, that pattern served our family and church family very well over the years. And as of most of you, uh, we love, love, love to give to Christ-honoring work, especially through our local church. You don't give to Kingsway. Oh, by the way, don't ever catch yourself saying that. You give through the church. When we give through the church, we make Jesus famous. When we give as individuals, Mark Moore says, we make ourselves famous. Now, who do you want to make famous? Hmm. I don't want... People just think, oh, well, look at him. I, I want people to say, wow, look at him. I want people to come to Jesus. And therefore, most of what we give, we give through the church of Jesus. I'd much rather the church be the channel of my generosity and oversee my generosity than, oh, let's say the government, which is why I keep careful records. Have you ever been audited by the IRS? I do not recommend this experience. <laughs> Two times we've been audited on our giving. And the first time it happened, it cost me $800 to prove my innocence. And the guy's working on my tax. He says, actually, they owe you some money back. I said, I'm done with these guys. I just want to be done with them. It is no fun to endure an audit. So if I'm, you know, my giving, I want to, like, do this through the church. I just discovered also there's another option uh, related to that, uh, the National Christian Foundation, you go to that website, and I set up a giving fund, and I put money in there, and it goes, I, direct, I did through our church and other things as well, but you have records there. He said, wait a minute, whoa, 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 didn't Jesus warn us not to give so others would see us? Yeah, he did. <clears throat> That's Matthew 6. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and then your Father, who sees what's done in secret, will reward you. Now, both the motive and the manner of what we give are noted in heaven. That's where the blessing is. However, I don't think that means we're going to forfeit a blessing if somebody happens to find out. But we do forfeit the blessing if our reason for giving is so that others will find out. 
Motive matters. That would mean that we are really given to make ourselves famous and not Jesus. Now, what might this blessing of giving be? I'm not for sure every dimension of that, of course, but I suspect it's going to be the fulfillment of realizing all the eternal good that was accomplished through what we gave while on earth. And I've got something in mind right now that uh, Linda and I have been especially financially invested in. When we get to heaven, we're going to be privileged to see things as they truly are and to celebrate partnering with God, uh, ushering others into his eternal embrace. And that's why the greatest portion of our giving, I believe, should be to Christian efforts, those things that bring people to Christ, to build them up in the faith. I'm not against giving to a community cause or organization or, you know, the zoo or whatever, but come on, guys. We ought to be given as Christ followers to those things especially focused on bringing people to Christ and building them up in the faith. So, well, where do you get that from? Oh, say the Bible, like the story about the widow. She brought her offering where? Where? It's not a trick question, okay? Where did she bring her offering? To the what? To the temple. Huh. Like the church. Why the temple? It was the central place of worship for the Jewish people. The bringing of their first fruits, a tithe, or 10% of everything they received. That was considered to be a fundamental worship requirement. However, their giving didn't stop at 10%. They also gave offerings beyond that. In fact, some argue that we really don't give until we exceed the level of 10% of our income. Now, I'm not saying you have to believe that. I believe that. I know Matt and Rachel, they believe that. Tithing is the beginning. It's not the end. You know some people write, they get some bonus or whatever, and they will write a 10% of that to the penny. And I kind of go, what are they thinking? Tithing is the beginning of our stewardship, not, not the end. Let's say you just won the lottery. Now, of course, you wouldn't because you don't buy a ticket. But if you did, okay, well, yeah, I'd tithe on that. Yeah, I would tithe on that. And I would say, that all? You know that national giving level is appalling. It uh, averages about 2%. A little less for non-believers, slightly more for believers. In churches like ours, it's much higher than that, of course. Um, at, at Rocky Mountain, it's consistently been much higher than that because we teach on this, because we like to teach on it. We believe it's part of blessing. And we've done what you guys have done, this money, 90-day money-back guarantee. You guys just did that, right, in, in spring? Did you hear about that? Some of you did. Some of you are new. Okay, so here's how this works. If you commit to giving um, a tithe of your income, nobody checks your W-2 or anything, but if that's you say, yeah, this is my uh, 10%, and you do it for 90 days, or let's say for 10 weeks, the end of summer, whatever, and things don't work out, your finances crash and burn, uh, the church will refund your giving. Uh, that's happened to us, by the way, Rocky Mountain, one time in 30 years. So elders are pretty confident on this. It is way, way cool. Now, you may not want to give to, um, to, through Kingswood Church. That's okay. You give to a church in Colorado. I'd be happy to report that when I get back. But actually, I recommend you do it through the church. You do it through uh, the church. And you could take, uh, actually, like if you're new, right here, you take this card out. You say, cool, I like this idea. I am going to try tithing for 10 weeks or 90 days or whatever. Just write that on there. Would Matt ever be delighted to hear about that when he gets back? Okay, 
this is what we live for. We live to bless people. We live for seeing people grow in blessing and joy and delight. We just love to see this and hear this. One of the greatest joys of my ministry is to hear about people who've grown in generosity. I've got some high-income friends who, who um, got inspired to double tithe, and, and they just, they're just beaming with delight about this. And uh, yet it's rarely the upper-income people that jump into this first. It's instead um, those of modest means who, who do so first. And why is that? Why is that? Well, it's harder to give and you got more. It's just crazy, but it's true. It, it, it's, it's easier to be generous when you don't have much. Look at the text. Jesus notes that the poor widow dropped in two lepta. Those are the two smallest coins. Now, all the studies show that lower-income people typically give a higher percentage of their income. Why would that be? Well, often the more money we have, the more our money has us. We start thinking in terms of security and investments. We start thinking of increasing our standard of living and buying fly fishing gear and all the rest. And, and, and that's not where our, our mind doesn't first go to, how could I bless somebody else? Randy Elkhorn says, God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. So when we get some extra money, which could happen to any of us at any time, oh, by the way, God has unlimited resources. So think about this. What would you do if you had an unexpected influx? What would you do with that extra money? Well, the greater the amount that we get, the greater the temptation is to keep greater and greater amounts. What heaven notes is when we give greater and greater amounts away. Because, you know, hey, as our income increases, our opportunity also increases, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Think of it. Oh, well, you need an illustration. All right, so we got some money down here. Let's see what we got. Okay, pile one. What was Who put that pile right there? Um, how much is that? $250. Even? Yes, sir. Okay, people around you verified your account. Okay, got it. Okay. Who had this? 208. 208. 250. 208. Okay, over here, what do we have? 500. 500. Okay, cool. All right. Now, let's see how we're going to do this. Help me here. Do we have any first-time visitors here today? Raise your hands, please. Okay. Let me try this one. Let's see what happens. Do we have any um, guests here today who are in their 20s? I can't do these lights. I can't. I'm not insulting anybody here. I just can't tell for sure. Okay. I, okay. We got somebody over here. Anybody else? Do we have any couples, uh, married couples here today? There you are. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Would you be willing to help me out? Okay. Would you be willing to help me out? I don't embarrass anybody. Would you be willing to help? You had your hand up. Would you be willing to help out? Okay. Would you come uh, up here, please? All right. How much we got here? This is the, how much is this? Five, please come quickly. Okay. To the front of the room. Okay. Help me. Okay. Okay. All right, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, um, so this is five what? 500 even. Okay, and you're a guest here today, right? Welcome to Kingsway. We're glad you're here. But um, what we're going to ask you to do, you're going to be on assignment, okay? Would you, um, would you think of something uh, now, uh, that's going to honor God, bring a smile to God, okay? 
and then give that away on our behalf? But not the offering today. Can't give it to the offering. Would you be willing to do that? Give it? Okay, thank you. What's your name? Moses. Moses. Ho, ho, ho. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Thank you, Moses. All right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Where's the couple in the back? A representative. You don't both have to come up, but I got to have one of you quickly to the front of the room. All right. Okay. Let's combine these and we've got to do the math on here. Help me, guys. What did we have? 208. 208. Which is a combination of what is that? 458. Okay. Okay. Now, Moses got 500. But, uh, all right. All right. And your name is? Megan. Okay. Megan, would, would you help out do the same thing? So there, if there's anything, like the idea is this, something that would make God smile. But not to the church offering okay. or to a guest speaker or something like that, okay? <laughs> Got it? Okay, let's thank Megan. Okay, great. All right. <clears throat> All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, I, I apologize you need to embarrass you, Moses or Megan. It's just something I do. I, <laughs> it's like... Okay, uh, you might not forget coming to church today, right? And you say, well, that was interesting. Uh, I got an assignment in church. Really? What was your assignment? Well, our assignment was on behalf of the church because this money came right out of the church, right? We're the church people. And, and it's to give to something that would bring a smile to God. And oh, by the way, it'd be kind of cool, Moses, Megan, if you tell somebody later here, you can figure out how to do that. Um, what happened with it, all right? That'd be, that'd be way cool. By the way, let me tell you what happened in the, in the chapel. You want to hear about this? There's this couple in the back, 20-something, and uh, I asked for are there any guests there. Nobody would raise their hand. And then I said, okay, got anybody in their 20s? I figured that nobody could tell me everybody in the room is 20. That ain't going to happen. So well, there were some in their 20s. So this little guy's going like this. <laughs> and she's quite with child. And uh, I, I gave her this pile of money. It's $337. She's beaming. I said, no, da 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 She said, I already know what to do with it. You know, we're, we help with a struggling church somewhere in the area. I don't know where it is. And we're going to give this. They really need help with the preschool stuff and whatever. We're going to, we come here, but then we go there. We're just going to help them out. And the whole room just explodes with yeah, that's great, okay? Everybody feels better when we give. We are never more like God than when we give. It's been said that the only antidote to the materialism of our time is giving. You know, giving is the opposite of greed. Henry Nouwen said, in order to become like the Father, I must be as generous as the Father is generous. Every time I take a step in the direction of generosity, I know that I'm moving from fear to love. We had a guy visit with our elders, I don't know, 30 years ago, about leading us in the capital campaign. And we didn't work with him, but I happened that week to be traveling. He was traveling. We were on the same plane, and there's a seat in between us. And we're chatting in the flight, and I'll never forget. This is the one thing I remember that he said, not this big spiel he gave us with the elders. Jack leans over and he says, Alan, I just want to be remembered 
as a generous man. Have you ever had somebody say something to you that just quickened your spirit and you go, wow, me too. How do you want to be remembered? The key to blessing, I heard, oh, it's not getting more, but trusting more and giving more. In fact, giving starts an exponential cycle of blessing. The psalmist says, They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They'll have influence and honor. What I penciled in the Bible there, joyful generosity is the finest legacy. And that's how I want to be remembered. You know, the last day, it's not going to matter how big a house was or what kind of car we drove or the size of our flat screen. The only thing that will matter is what we did with Jesus and what we did for Jesus. That's it. Remember the neighbors I referenced at the beginning? They had a bunch of their stuff stolen. Half of it, actually. Which half? You remembered. I talked with them when they returned from their Italian vacation. And I was surprised how unaffected they were by the burglary. And I told them that when I was nine, our house was burglarized in Chicago. And as a little kid, and I still remember how angry I was when that happened, that invasion. And that's when Brian and Andrea said, well, the timing of the burglary was amazing. Not just because we were in Italy at the time, but because we just toured the village of Assisi where St. Francis had lived centuries ago. Francis had been born into the home of a wealthy merchant, but he gave it all up to serve the poor. His sacrificial lifestyle eventually led to great affection from the people of his village and caused great inspiration worldwide. And that inspiration continues to this day. In fact, our neighbors were exceedingly inspired by his example. They they tour the village, and they heard the story again, and they board the bus, and they're gripped with the extraordinary legacy of generosity. And then guess what happens? His cell phone rings. And they get the word of the burglary and the report that half of their stuff had been taken. And they were completely undisturbed. Why? They immediately realized the most important things in life aren't things at all. What would it take for you, for me, to realize the same thing and to move beyond this tyranny of things? Hopefully it won't be a burglary. Hopefully it won't be a deathbed discovery. By God's grace, may we determine to live for that which will live throughout eternity. May we determine to enjoy a rich relationship with God and a legacy of generosity in the kingdom of God. This I know, the things that matter most aren't things. The key to blessing is not getting more, but trusting more and then giving more. As followers of Christ, we're all on this journey of generosity, guys. And get this, it's a continuum. Some will always be ahead of us on that journey. Others will always be behind us. But we are all more blessed than we know. Each of us is blessed to be a blessing. The Apostle Paul said, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. May God's richest blessings continue to flow to you and through you as you, with me, learn to excel in the grace of giving. And all the Kingsway people said...
Amen. Lord, we thank you for the reminder through your word, the prompt of your spirit, that we can trust you. I pray, God, that you would continue to flow your blessing to us and through us. Thank you for trusting us, for giving us free will. Thank you for your grace, your forgiveness, the reminder that nothing we give is possible to match what you have already done for us. There's no way that we can give to fully show our love and devotion, but we ask you to help us to know where to start and how to grow from there. In Jesus' name, amen.